Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm giving you a myriad of vagina facts and some might just surprise you. Plus, I'm answering your emails. Topics include, okay, so you broke up, but you actually want to stay friends. How much time has to pass and is it possible? So doggy style is getting a little painful. How to make it rock. If there's no sexual contact with some BDSM, is it still considered cheating? And you've been friend zoned. Is there a way out? All this and more. Thanks for listening. I want to tell you about one of the oldest and most trusting relationships in my life. It's probably the only one that's like never really let me down. I'm talking, of course, about the magic wand. I mean, the magic wand was a big part of my life even before I started the show. And it's not going anywhere in my life or anyone else's. I mean, you want to know why? The magic wand has been delivering pleasure for 50 years a long time and it's still the best-selling massage wand in the world i think it has something to do with all that power i mean they don't call it the cadillac vibrators for nothing whoa it's a good one and even though it's not easy to improve on something so timeless they did it again with the latest version called the magic wand plus and it is awesome so like the original the magic wand plus is a full-size plug-in massage wand it features a soft silicone head easy-to-use controls, and variable speed that lets you go from a low rumble to OMG with the push of a button. And if you don't have a magic wand in your life, trust me, you should. There are now three models to choose from, original, rechargeable, and the all-new Plus. You can see them all and get one for yourself at sexwithemily.com slash magic wand. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash magic wand. Look into his eyes. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com because you're going to love it. we got a lot of posts there, blogs to help you have better sex and relationships. You can also find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We love when you subscribe to the show. Write us a review. That's helpful. And you can also find me on SiriusXM Radio. It's Stars Channel 109, and I'm there Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific in the evening. 8 to 10 East, and it's been amazing, you guys. And if you want to call into the show, even if you don't have serious, that's cool. It's 888-947-8277, or get a free trial at sexwithemily.com slash SXM. Also, you can follow us on all social media at sexwithemily across the board. All right, guys, enjoy the show. So vagina facts. I mean, we're never done learning, right? And did you ever really learn it in the first place? So get your notepads out. You're going to want to write some of these down, I promise. Here's the first point is that your vulva is not your vagina. So I often, like if you were, a lot of like my sex ed friends could be listening and they might say that I I sometimes don't always, I try to use the words here, but just so you guys know, there's a difference between the vulva and the vagina. The vagina is like the internal part that you think that it is, a three to six inch long canal that runs from the cervix, the lower part of the uterus to the outside of the body. The vulva The vulva, on the other hand, is all the outer stuff. Like that's like when you're performing oral, that's the vulva, right? The labia, urethra, the clitoris, the vaginal opening. 
And I just think for men and for women, it's important to know the difference, to understand your own anatomy, because I think it helps to actually like, when you're like having sex and you can just distinguish it yourself. And I think the reason why the vulva doesn't get as much attention is because we talk about the penis vagina, like they're equal. But when it comes to, to when I'm talking about sex, sexual instruction, I'm mostly talking about the vulva. Like I'm mostly saying the clitoris, the labia, this is a thing, vulva, but then I feel like I often don't, I'm not sure this is as well known. This is something that I like to bring up every day. So I will again. Most people cannot orgasm from vaginal penetration alone. So only 18%, a little bit, 18% or over of vagina owners say they can reach orgasm from penetration alone. For the other 80%, the key is the clitoris. That is where the magic is happening for them. Now, we can all sometimes experience a vaginal and a clitoral orgasm at the same time. That's a blended orgasm. Totally achievable. And there's a lot of people who never get there, who never have a blended. And it's also the way it has to do with your anatomy, how close your clitoris is to your vaginal opening. I mean, there's a lot of things going on here. But if you haven't tried yet, the blended orgasm was something that I figured out on my own through my self-love and time. So that's something. Um, Not all people with vaginas are women. So it's Mm -hmm. not an indicator of gender. And it can be harmful to assume so. There are many people who aren't women. They also identify as a man or non-binary. Vaginas and childbirth. Yes, they're going to change. I understand. They might change a little bit. They might tear a little bit, but that is totally normal. So 79% vaginal deliveries include tearing and require an incision. And these injuries are an uh, episiotomy, it's called. Yes, that sounds scary, but it's not insurmountable. And so your vagina is super resilient. Just so you know, having a baby does not mean your vagina is the game is over. It's resilient. It's got a lot of blood supply and it will heal quicker than a lot of other parts of the body. That's actually cool. I did not know that at all. That you it didn't was know like, that it tears? That he, well, no, I knew it teared, but it teared, tore. I didn't, <laughs> but um, I didn't know that it heals quicker. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it is cool. So if you have a problem, it's going to like take care of it. Oh, the human body. The human yeah. body is amazing. Um, if you do have a G spot, if you controversial, if you're like, think it's controversial, whatever, it's likely because of your clitoris. So I agree with this. So it's, um, we are obsessed with the G spot thinking that people feel like they, oh, I have to have a G spot orgasm. I only have a clitoral orgasm. The G spot though, if you want the front wall, uh, of your vagina touched or stimulated, it could be your clitoral internal network. So I think that we have a G area for many women. That's the internal, like towards your belly button, but an internal orgasm could also be just the internal clitoral legs. And maybe it's all the same thing. I don't think we have to put a name on it. It could be mm-hmm. your internal clitoral nerves. If you want the front wall of your vagina touch, which is actually where, yeah, it could be. How do you know? Clitoris G spot. Either way, if it feels good, touch it. Touch it. And if you don't know if it feels good, like try it out if you've never tried it. Um, the clitoris, you guys, just the tip of the iceberg. It's not just a little pea-sized nerve endings tucked away under the clitoral hood. There is a hood, you know. If you use a mirror, like I tell you, to like masturbate and pleasure yourself, you'll see the hood has to move back a little bit when you get aroused, and then there's the clitoris. Um, and it can be hard to find, but just so you know, it wasn't until 2009 when a group of French researchers created a life-size 3D printed model of the clitoris. 
And now we know it's an expansive network of nerve endings. So a lot of the nerve endings of the clitoris are beneath the surface. And it's like 10 centimeters from tip to tip, you guys. It's like a four-pronged wishbone. It actually looks like a wishbone. There's now a huge, well, there was a, clitor- a three, there was a clitoris monument statue in, in France until someone stole it. I wonder if it's been returned. Remember? There was a... They're like, let's make this like reality so no one can find it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. They're like, we still don't want people to find the clitoris. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Exactly. It's funny. funny. <laughs> um, another thing. Vagina facts. Uh, the A spot. That's another possible pleasure center. The anterior fornix or the A spot it's a little alcove. I love talking like an alcove. The vagina like, twists and turns. Um, it's an alcove that sits way back on the belly side of the cervix. It's a good distance deeper in the vagina than the G-spot. So it's a way to create more lubrication in the vagina. 15% of uh, They say that they can reach uh, orgasm within 10 to 15 minutes of A-spot simulation. I've heard this as well. Oh. I've had orgasms all over. Like I think it's can be you have to be very. This is why it's important to be in tune with your body. If you're in tune with your body, you'll know the difference if you have an A spot interior wall orgasm or G spot. Or I'm starting to find that spot, the A spot, and not like during. That's why I actually really like doggy style because it gets in a lot deeper. Yes. And it's more of like, it's true. It's like, you don't want to be like too rough because it could hurt. But if you find that right amount of pressure, like in the, that's when thrusting actually feels good. It it does, but you got to find the spot. So Mm -hmm. it's up to us too to move around and make sure that they find that spot. Like if sex doesn't feel good the way it's happening, don't assume that it just can't happen. Like you could, you could alter your positioning. You could move to the left or the right, know which way, you know, doggy style, go down in your, you leave your butt in the air, go down in your hands, your forearms. I mean, there's different ways to find. That's why I also kind of like a slightly curved penis. Slightly curved or slightly yes. curved toy. What would be a good... Oh, the California Dream of the Cal Exotics. Mm-hmm. They make some cool-ass toys that could help you find your interior love spots. Yeah, and they're pretty. They're, they're so like pretty. They're all different, different colors. colors. I know, I love them. We just got a lot in. <laughs> pretty colors. And those are... those are Some of them are curved, the rabbit ones. Yeah. A little curve, a little curve. That's what we've been calling like, oh, I wish I'd be concerned about my curved penis. No? The clitoris has twice as many nerve endings as the penis. So the penis, which is very sensitive, we know, we always hear how sensitive it is, has 4,000 nerve endings. And the clitoris, 8,000 nerve endings. And they're a lot more concentrated. because yeah, It's all in like- one place. The penis is like spread out through all the shaft, the tip. The clitoris is 8,000 of them. Just think about that for a minute. Clitoris. Nerve endings <laughs> everywhere. Sorry, I thought you were going to make like clicking sounds for all of them. Click, 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 click. No. I'm telling you, this is the reason to pay attention to it. If you haven't had an orgasm during intercourse, that is fine. But have you had an orgasm on your own? And do you continue to stimulate yourself on your own, whether you're in, in a relationship or not? It's so important for vagina holders to... Pleasure ourselves all the time, you guys. It feels good. You'll get in better moods. It helps with your everything. It's my new. I love that. What vagina holders? Vagina holders. It sounds like, like card sh- holders, like shareholders, like they're taking stock in the vagina. Vagina I holders. Love it. It's true. <laughs> it's gonna be the new raising stock on Wall Street. I'm gonna do that. You guys have been having really great one-liners, and I'm writing them all down. Good. They're amazing. Vagina holders. Vagina holders. Vagina holders to the left. You know, you're your concert ticket holders. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, 
Like at will call. Yeah, will call. Exactly. Got all vagina holders at will call. So, vaginas, you guys, how's about this? They're supposed to have a scent, a smell. So, it has a lot of bacteria that work to keep your vaginal pH healthy and balanced. And it could have a scent. It's true. Like bacteria, they do have a smell to it. So, if it's a little tangier, you get a whiff, totally normal. And please don't use douches or scented body washes or perfumes. Now, if it's a new scent, it's an odd scent, it's a different scent, then definitely get checked out. But the vaginas are, they're self-lubricating, they're self-cleaning. Like an oven, self-cleaning oven. We're self-cleaning the vagina. Our pH, we, we, we clean it ourselves. Okay, so this is one thing that regardless of what sex ed is teaching when we learn about the body why don't we why don't they like say this i don't know because it's like not good because a lot of people are washing with soap and you're like on the inside and yeah. you're not supposed you're not to do supposed that to do it. i don't we don't because we don't tell anything we just scare people like, that's not, not even about pregnant. sex that's just like hygiene i know we don't teach hygiene in schools we just hope the parents are going to do it and the parents are going to be like babe don't use that the parents don't know not to use soap internally in their vagina this is why we're here every day uh, the vagina is self-cleaning. You guys really let it do its thing. So to keep your vaginal pH at the right level and you want to not have other hostile vac- bacteria taking over your vagina, um, it's totally going to clean itself. So using a douche is a bad idea. And if you see discharge, discharge and stuff, um, it just means that your vagina is cleaning itself. Like if it's a normal discharge. And you know about the abnormal. But normal is like your vagina is like cleaning itself. How amazing is that? It's like, it's like keeping busy. Doing stuff. More things should be self-cleaning. I know. How nice is that? Like my life. Your life should be clean, <laughs> right? Something in my life should just clean. I know. Up. Wouldn't it be nice if we would do all the goddamn work? I think that's nice of the vagina. It's very Actually, nice. Think about it. <laughs> Whoever created us, you know, like think about it. Thank you for being self-cleaning. <laughs> you can get wet without being turned on. So you can be wet without being sexually aroused. So people assume when the vagina is wet that the person must want to have sex. And that is just not true. I think that's one of those fallacies, one of those myths around sex that I, I want everybody to understand. We get wet for a lot of different reasons. And it might it's not just because we are aroused. Our hormones change every day. Um, the, the vulva has a lot of concentration of sweat glands. We could automatically produce lubrication when we're touched regardless of arousal. So it should never be in vaginal wetness, never be a sign of consent. Ever. Consent. We have to always verbalize. Oh my God. Is that, wow. That would be like, no. Like what? Yeah. How is, like, how is that me consenting just because? Well, people assume she's turned on. She wants it. No. We can be wet. We can be touched and get wet. It does I not know. Mean, that's, oh my God. that's why lube, you guys, if you're still protesting lube, if you're like, oh, lube is bad, just add a few drops of lube every time you have sex, every time you do anything sexual, whether it's masturbate, touch a part of a body, your partner's or your own, use a little bit of lube because you can't guarantee arousal, especially if you're playing with your clitoris and a toy. You really do want to add some lube because your clitoris is not going to lubricate on its own. It's not, not going to happen. Um... What else? Vaginas get deeper when we're turned on. Mm. So when you're like, the vagina opens its doors for you when you're having sex. So somewhere, so the vagina, normally a vagina is between three and six inches long, 12 to five inches wide, two to five inches wide. Um, But with arousal, one to two inches, one to two inches wide. Now after arousal, the upper portion of the vagina, so after you actually are aroused, the cervix and the, the uterus 
um, they go deeper into your body, making room for penetration. So that it actually opens more when you're aroused, which is why getting aroused takes some foreplay, takes some some kissing, some touching, and then the vagina's ready. But if you just shove it in, the vagina can be painful and go ouch and it hurts. I think that's like the coolest thing. That it opened? Because yeah. it makes sense. The penis grows. The vagina has to get deeper. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like, oh, I just... But we don't know how to work that. Is so the vagina cool. is, But the problem is the penis gets very hard before the vagina is often open and ready, which is also why a lot of women have pain with sex because they are not getting aroused first. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's like, so no, my vagina literally is not open for vagina, business. Exactly. My vagina is literally not open. Like, I'm, <laughs> I will be open for business. And here's how I will be open. I'll be open as soon as you go down on me. Like, as soon as you use this toy. As soon as you talk dirty to me. As soon as you take out the trash. Whatever turns you on. Then I'll be aroused. But not yet. So it's like patience. It's such a huge thing with sex. Like, we have to be patient and we have to pay attention to what our partner needs. There's like just like a little sign right there. Like the pool rules before entering. But now it's like the vagina rules before entering. That would be the only tattoo I would get. I mean, I don't know. I haven't got a tattoo yet. But it'd be like vaginal rules. You'd think that guys I date would have listened to the show or something. Some have, some do not. And I'm like, can you just, can you just listen? They change color. Oh. So when you guys get aroused, when you have sex, you've, when you're, you're just like blood rushes everywhere. Like a lot of our arousal and really great sex is about, is about blood rushing. For the penis too. When your blood's rushing, you're going to get an erection. When your blood's rushing and you get t- turned on, um, the blood rushes to your vulva and your vagina. And that makes the color of your skin in that area appear darker. So for women who are like, oh, why is it dark? Why? What's wrong with me? No, it's when you get aroused. First of all, nothing's wrong with that. You're seeing sometimes bleached areas or whatever in porn or it's lit up mm-hmm. or there's makeup on it. But um, it does go back to its regular shade once after you have sex, but please don't trip on the color of your vagina. That's I didn't know this either. You didn't like know, yeah, all. it no. changes, everything changes. That's why I'd love you to look in a mirror, look at it and see what it looks like when you get turned on. You can <clears throat> lift weights with your vagina. Kegels, do your kegel exercises, you guys. Uh, there are lifts. There are there are vaginal lifts. There are vaginal balls you can do that are like lifting weights so your vagina can become stronger. Um, kegel Camp, I have an iPhone app called Kegel Camp. You could download it. It reminds you to do your kegels twice a day. Um, you can use it with kegel balls. It can remind you to do it. And then you do your kegel exercises around these balls. It's literally like lifting weights for your vagina. And why this is good is because a stronger pelvic floor is just part of having a sexually healthy life. And over time, it is going to weaken, especially after childbirth. And I know that we all kind of know we're supposed to do kegels, but we don't remember to. So that's why the app is cool because it reminds you to do it. And then the balls are just an extra, like you do your kegels around the balls. It just strengthens like any other exercise with weights. Makes sense for the vagina. It does does feel cool once you can... Because when I started using the bloom, you start out with the first one and you go move up. Like you do feel the difference you're like oh i'm actually getting stronger exactly you feel it you do it you yeah feel like actually like i you have more orgasms you, you feel it like in your yeah like when you, you're having sex exactly and it's like you don't want to start out with like the first the right. heaviest weight like i tried that i was like oh, i'm cool i can do it. i was like no and it I falls out no it's too heavy you yeah. build up i build up you start with the lighter one that's what's so cool about the bloom the weavi bloom is that you yeah you put in the lighter weight then it's heavier and you're like oh you actually can tell your progress you can Measure your progress. Oh, the size and location of your clitoris matters for orgasm. This is a big one, you guys. The reason some people with vaginas have trouble orgasming during penetrative sex 
is because of a relatively small clitoris that's located a little bit too far from the vaginal opening. I'm going to say that again because I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this 20 years ago. The reason why a lot of people with vaginas, vagina holders, cannot have trouble orgasming during penetrative sex, and why only 18% of do and 80% do not, is because they have a small clitoris that's located a little bit further from the vaginal opening. So if your clitoris is small and or located further from your vaginal opening, like a thumbs or or more, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a problem orgasming. You just start, I mean, there's other reasons. It could Mm -hmm. be in your head. You could be on medication. But if you were just never one of those women where it happened, it is because of your anatomy. You were born this way. That's why we need to put, bring in, talk about the magic of the clitoris more than the magic of the vagina. So it is magical. All right, guys, one more vagina fact. Got cramps? Your vagina can help with that. Ooh, I love ending on this one. To give yourself an orgasm to stimulate the release of feel-good chemicals like dopamine, serotonin, those are all the feel-good hormones and chemicals that come out after orgasm, there are some natural pain-relieving effects, and these can help you with menstrual cramps. The afterglow of an orgasm relaxes those muscles. So using a vibrator, touching yourself are, is so helpful for you to get the feel-good chemicals that make us happy, that make us get rid of pain. And it's like, I think there's works. some, like it definitely works. I use it for migraines. I also use it for when I'm having menstrual cramps. Yeah. Because I didn't realize until you told me actually that cramps are your muscles contracting. Yes. And then I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense because when you orgasm, you do relax just yeah. automatically. Yeah. Right. Because they're clenching all the time. We walk around tense, clenched. Yep. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into your emails. Anyone in a relationship should communicate more. But one of the most important things you should absolutely be talking about is using more lube in the bedroom. You know I'm all about lube. That's why I want to tell you guys about Pure Lube because, okay, it is seriously next level. I've been obsessed with this brand for years. I'm a huge fan, which is why I'm so excited to be working with them. They have a ton of different formulas that are great for either exploring a new toy and making sure time with your partner is just that much more pleasurable. Pure's original formula lets you feel much more touch and sensation. It even works great as a massage gel or check out their aqua water-based lube, which is super moisturizing and gets completely absorbed into your skin, leaving you feeling so silky and smooth. It's just, you love it. You don't have to wash it off. It's not like sticky, but the best part, their products all use medical grade ingredients and are completely hypoallergenic. So get that conversation started and bring pure lube into the bedroom. To try pure for yourself, go to sexwithemily.com slash pure. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash P-J-U are today. All right, guys, here's a listener email I recently received. Hi, Emily. I'm a 38-year-old single mom who wants to get back on the dating scene, but I'm terrified. I've been dealing with bladder leakage and actually starting wearing pads every day just to feel safe. Between the leaking and the pads, I'm totally insecure about spontaneous intimacy with a new partner. How can I move past this? Oh, we hear this a lot, Jane, right? Mm -hmm, A lot. I mean, you have to know this, Jane. This is true. And I didn't even know this until I got into this business. But first of all, she's not alone. It's estimated that 40 million women use pads every day for bladder leaks. Mm. Women, adult women, young and old, with or without kids. And there's nothing to be ashamed of at all. But there are solutions. And it's not just pads. We love the Apex. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the deal. The Apex by Pormois is an affordable device that uses gentle electrostimulation to create an extremely effective Kegel workout. 
automatically. Like it does your kegels for you. You've done it, Jamie. You just like just lay, back, lay back. You lay back. You use it. And it honestly, in a few weeks, doing it a few days a week, you will have a stronger pelvic floor and prevents the old sneeze and pee, if you know what I'm talking about. It also, side effect bonus, increases the strength and frequency of your orgasms. Yeah, you'll notice. Definitely. For sure. (laughs) Like I'm telling you, you guys always know, if you call in, you're like, how do I have stronger orgasms? Do your Kegel exercises. Keep your pelvic floor strong, which will obviously make her want to get intimate again if you get the apex. Similar to the intensity, which I have spoken about for years, the apex delivers the same results, but it's just not a vibrator. It's not the rabbit vibrator. So it makes it the perfect option for women who are sensitive to stimulation. Mm, Mm. Awesome. How about that? So to start using an apex and stop relying on pads, visit pourmoi.com slash Emily. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I dot com slash Emily. All right, guys, I'd love answering your questions. It's why I'm here on the planet. And if you'd like a question answered on the show, go to my website, sexwithemily.com. Click the Ask Emily tab, fill out a short form, and check yes if you'd like to be called. Or just email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com, but you have to always please include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen to the show. Thanks, guys. All right. This first email comes to us from Veronica29 in Kansas City. Hi, Emily. I recently ended things with my boyfriend of a year and a half due to a lack of communication and effort on his part. He's only 25 and was not ready for how serious we were naturally becoming. In truth, it is a relief. I've been working hard to keep the relationship afloat for a long time, but the truth is we're not compatible. That said, I think it is because we had such a strong connection in the beginning and were friends for a few months before we started dating. As a listener, I know that you have stayed friends with many of your exes for the same reason. I don't want to lose him from my life entirely because I really value him as a person. I'm wondering if you can offer some insight on staying friends. How much time is a good amount of time to take away before reconnecting? Can you help me with this situation so I don't lose my friend? Thank Mm -hmm. you for your help. Okay, Veronica. Yeah, I've, I've... I've talked a lot about how I am friends with many of my exes, but I have to, you know, not all of them, though. Not all of them you want to stay friends with, but many. And here's the thing, Veronica. I mean, really, you have to gauge this and see what feels good to you because our instincts is like, well, we can be friends right away. You know, it's okay. We still love each other. But no, I'm telling you, you're going to need a separation. I think three to six months without contact so you guys can kind of move on with your lives and rebuilding your friendships and doing things and healing. And then you could test it. I say go for a lunch, a coffee, not a dinner. Even the first time you see each other in a few months, you don't know. It can get it can get tricky. So make it kind of like a coffee or something quick and then see how does it feel. So you don't want to go too fast too soon, you know, when you, after the first time you see him, because this has happened to me before. I was once uh, broke up with someone and I was still really bummed and I think I saw him about four months after we broke up and I wasn't ready yet. And I said, you know what? I need a little bit more time. And I think like after another few months, I was like, nah, and now we're good friends. So you have to judge this to yourself, but I'm telling you, I know he's a dear friend of yours. I mean, you still love him. So really the best way not to lose him is to be respectful to each other, give yourself time to heal and then circle back when it feels right to both of you. And also, here's something that could happen. You might realize after time passes, maybe maybe he's not someone that you want to have in your life. So you guys get to decide or you get to decide what, what works for you. Thanks, Veronica. This next one came from um, Anonymous, 32 in the United States. Dear Emily, big fan of the show and love all the work you do to keep us educated and entertained. 
My girlfriend has told me on numerous occasions she really prefers doggy style and enjoys having her hair pulled and being spanked. This turns me on and I really want to be able to do this for her, but I actually find the position to be somewhat painful for me. She prefers sex to be on the harder and rougher side sometimes, but this causes soreness and bruising on my pelvic bone and also hurts my balls when we go at it hard like this. I find that the best way for me to get the most pleasure and least discomfort is when she's on top, but I know that doing this position repeatedly is getting boring for the two of us. My question is, is there something I can do to minimize the discomfort and pain I feel from doggy style? Also, is this pain normal for men or is this something I should be concerned about? Appreciate any advice you can offer me. Love the show. All right, Mr. Anonymous. Uh, here's the thing, uh, just so you know that it's it's 41% of men have fractured their penis during doggy style. That is the most challenging position for men where there's been discomfort. The second is missionary and the third is woman on top. So yeah, it, I don't know how common it is, but if they're going to fracture themselves during sex, it's going to be during doggy style. So really what I'm cur- concerned about is you right now. Um, if the pain is really intense and you feel like something has happened, you know, it, it, there's been some recent developments, definitely go to your doctor and get it checked out just in case. A few other things. I You said that your girlfriend's really into, you know, hair pulling and, and being dominated and spanked. There might be other paths here to pleasure for her to get the same results and it's not just in doggy style. So you guys could get to explore this together, but you could do some research. You could watch some porn together you could you know figure out like what other what other acts would actually make her feel better and have that same feeling of you being dominated and rough in bed now there's something else that's new we want to mention it's called the O-Nut and it's a silicone ring that you put around your penis that just doesn't let you go all the way in so it can kind of act as a barrier so you're not hitting your pelvic your pelvic bone, your pubic mound too hard, which is actually sounds like that's what's happening. So if you're comfortable with that, it means you won't be going in as deep, but it's like a penis stopper. Um, you could also try different variations of doggy style. You could, you know, her with her legs closer together and when she's lying flat on her stomach, this can be a lot more pleasurable for women as well because for many women, when they're squeezing their legs together, they also get to activate their pelvic floor muscles and that's where the magic happens, orgasms. She could also like have her face down or be in her forearms with her butt high up. Um, also, a pillow. If you have a pillow that... Um, that is between you that still allows you to penetrate, you know, that could kind of make things a little bit softer. I always think pillows should just be used. I have a lot of pillows on your bed that you don't mind using for sex. They can help kind of with a lot of different uncomfortable positions. So I think it's all about exploring and finding research. I mean, I love that she's so vocal about what she wants, but again, doggy style isn't the only way to go here. So I want you to be careful and not fracture your penis. So I think you guys, you know, she seems like she's pretty open. You guys could have some fun exploring. I have a book called Hot Sex, over 200 things you could try tonight. And it's awesome because you can just open it to like any page and there's so many positions. There's different variations of all the different sex positions. And I think you'll like it. Thanks for the email and just be careful. All right, Anon? That's why my bed is full of pillows and comforters. I love it, James. You gotta make it comfy. And sex toys. <laughs> and sex toys is very true. Right. All right, this next email comes to us from Wesley, 24 in Georgia. Dear Emily, first off, love listening to the show. I drive a lot and someone told me to listen to podcasts and I came across yours and within a week I've listened to every single one. I've made my wife listen to some of them uh, to be able to help us with our sex lives. Part one, I'm relatively new to pegging. I decided one day that I wanted my wife to put something in my butt and we gradually worked our way up to buying a strap on and her pegging me with it. 
I absolutely love it. She doesn't seem too enthused to do it. She says she does, but when it actually comes down to it, I don't feel as if she's getting into it as much as I'd like. What do I do? Part two, I love the pegging so much that I want to feel a real man inside me. I'm not sure how to try to find someone to ask. I actually want to feel a guy finish inside of me and with all of my experienced mental thoughts, even considered wanting to give a guy a blowjob just to see if I like the feeling and like doing stuff with men. I'm not quite sure how to ask or tell my wife the way I feel about all of this, so how do I bring this up to her? I want to try experimenting with men because I can't think of too many other things to do with my wife or any female that I haven't already done. Please help me, Emily. It would mean so much. All right. There's a lot to unpack here, Wesley. Let's start with the first part. Um, well, first I want to say I think it's awesome that you found the podcast and that you have had your wife listen to it because a lot of couples email me and they love, um, they enjoy listening to the show together because I know the sex conversation's hard. So by having me say it, you can be like, hey, babe, what do you, what do you think about what Emily says? Should we try that? So I think that's awesome and I think that's a good tip for all of you in a relationship. Okay, so you're new to pegging. Let me just say this, part one. Um she might not be as into it. That's okay. Like she she might not be as into all of your kinks as you are. This is going to happen in a relationship for sure. I love that she's she's actually participating. That is amazing. Um she could experiment to try to find more pleasure for her. She could put a vibrator between her vulva and the harness so she's still getting pleasure. We love the Moxie from WeVibe. Mm-hmm. How much do we love the Moxie? Like it's this so is like great. the best vibrator. I mean, we should give out the vibrator words of the year. I mean, I think this would be like in my top. Oh yeah, five, three. Yeah. I mean, this is like the panty vibe. When I was cleaning out my garage with Kristen, I showed her like the older versions of other companies that tried to do panty vibes. Mm-mm. They were not good. They were not like it's a good in theory, right? Like it's it's essentially this goes into your underwear. It's a remote control wearable panty vibe. It has a really strong magnet, so it stays in place. So she could put the harness, like I said, and um, and also she could also, or well, I guess he doesn't want to be controlling anything when he's getting pegged, perhaps. But she can control it with the We Connect app mm-hmm. or with the remote. It's really strong. It's really silent, and we just love it. You can check it out at sexwithemily.com/slash/wevibe. That's just a side note, or you know, any other small vibe she could put in there to get pleasure for herself. You could also ask her, like, what are ways that you know would make it more pleasurable to her. In reading your email, I'm thinking, okay, have we talked much to your wife about what turns her on? Like, what are her fantasies? What does she want to try? You know, that might make you feel like, you know, not as like guilty or she's not as into it if you guys both do exploring together, which is something I encourage all couples to do, um, is to keep exploring on this journey, you know, in your relationship, in your sex life, especially when you're married, you know, keep seeing out what feels good to her. Okay, number two. Well, first I want to say this. When I was reading this, I thought, okay, no, I don't think you need to like lead with this with your wife. I don't think that you even know yet for sure that it's something that you want to try. Because when you say here, you want to try experiencing with men because I can't think of too many other things to do with my wife or any female I haven't already done. To me, that's a different question than the other part of part two. You know what I'm saying? That little side thing. And what Mm -hmm. I can't tell is, are you saying it because you kind of feel like maybe you don't, you're not ready to look at the fact that it's something like it's even harder for you, even though you wrote me this email that perhaps you might be bisexual or you are attracted to men. Or is it really just like, I've done it all with women and I might as well try men because you're 24 years old and I'm going to say there's a lot more things that you can do with women, believe me, that you just haven't tried yet because you haven't as many years on the planet. So even if you've a lot of sex, 
I believe if you and if you and your wife go on a journey together, perhaps one of the first things you could do is download our yes no maybe list from our website. A lot of couples find that like to be a great facilitator of conversation. Essentially, it lists a lot of different sex acts, and you can figure out like which ones you're into. But you know, spanking, you know, dirty talk using a toy and then you could start from there and see where you both kind of meet and maybe you'd find out and again also doing research you guys I mean yeah I love that you're all listening to the podcast but there are some you know great books out there and and, and blogs and things that you could some re- movies things you can read movies there are movies porn I mean there is some helpful porn that could help you so um but let's say that so going back to your uh your question though specifically no I don't think that you want to lead telling your wife that you want to be with other men. But once you start this process of exploring with her and just saying, because I think both of these questions, your questions go together and say, you know what, babe? I um, I so appreciate the indulging. It's been so hot of my fantasy, but I really want us to be able to team, to be a team in this together and figure out what really turns you on, what really turns me on. And then we can kind of go from there and create like an even playing field. So I feel like once you guys start talking about fantasies, then you can say, you know, I've been thinking about it after pegging. Um, maybe, you know, I've thought about having experiences with men. Um, and see if that's something you should be into. But again, this is not the first conversation you have. This might be after a few conversations with her talking about your sex life and how you can prove it. I mean, who knows? Maybe she'll be like, yeah, I'm into a male-male, female threesome, you know? So, I mean, you guys are married, though. You are committed. So I feel like you have to take this slowly and carefully and and just have some really honest conversations. But you don't have to... I, I appreciate your honesty here with me. But I, And I think you can get there with her. But just remember to go slow and to really do some, um, do some inner thing together of your sex life. So I think... Um, uh, yeah. I'm not uh, sure if that's true. But yeah. maybe. Because maybe if she was just super into it. Right, right. right. It, well, but... yeah. And, well, that was my point. Yeah. I mean, and also what you might find during your exploration phase is... Perhaps you are just as um, inspired by what you could do with your wife and you'll no longer be thinking about uh, being with men and what else is out there. Although I can't tell yet. We don't know. All right. Thanks for the question. Keep me posted. I love when you guys send me your follow-up emails about how things have worked. Yeah, it's always or fun. not worked. I'm cool. Yeah. We but always want to know. Give me another answer. All another right. try. This next one comes to us from Jess, 32 in Massachusetts. Dear Emily, uh, my husband and I have been married for 11 years, two kids. Every time he comes inside me, my vagina gets itchy after f- for a while. This has been happening forever. We both have never had sex with anyone else. He was my first. I was his. When we use condoms, I'm not itchy. But when I was on birth control years ago, he would come inside me. I would get itchy. Both pregnancies, I would get itchy after him coming. I thought I was allergic to sperm, but he recently got a vasectomy in t- January 2019, and now when he comes inside me, I'm still itchy. Can I be allergic to semen? <laughs> My friend said to take a Claritin before sex. There's never any order or discharge, just itch that lasts about 12 to 24 hours. All right, here's the thing, Jess. I got to tell you, you can be allergic to his semen. It's way more common than you think. Uh, I like that you're using an allergy medication that could, you know, that definitely probably is working. But for now, he might just need to have to pull out or you can go back to um, using condoms or using dental dams, which I know is kind of a bummer. I'm thinking she could also see like us. I mean, I don't think that you should just take my word for it, though. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, But I think, you know, getting to see a doctor. I mean, there's a lot of things we could take these days. And maybe you want to take something more um, like organic. There just might be other workarounds for this. But I would get tested and see if it's actually as a semen to confirm that and then see what see what you can do. 
but the allergy if the allergy medication is working um, for now go with that but that would be you know I wonder and I wonder if with the vagina being such an interesting place uh, with our pH balance and things are changing with hormones I'm wondering if there's like a lifelong you know that she would always be allergic to it you know how we change we can have certain allergies mm-hmm. that change I'm just wondering if there's something that she could do with a doctor or a holistic practitioner that could maybe help with this as well that would be interesting and then I'm not sure if she's actually tried the med- uh, allergy medication yet but that can help for women but I think yeah I think that that that's just like a yeah I mean it's it's a bummer but also yeah no really that's yeah I just wanted to get a little more I just feel like right now there's so many different ways but yeah allergy medication is a good first step yeah I mean it just it's it's an interesting problem to have yeah it is I we don't hear it that often but it is a real thing for sure okay this next one comes to us from Mike who's 50 in the United States uh hi Emily love your show I'm Mike 50 years old and been married for 15 years I've always been into bondage until the last couple of years I finally gotten my wife to give it a real try, meaning impact play such as spanking. She also lets me tie her hands up but is very apprehensive about taking it to a higher level such as flogging or whipping. Would having a BDSM session with an old flame, no sexual contact whatsoever, be considered cheating? Please help. Okay, Mike, I would say that yes, this is this would be considered cheating. Absolutely. So if you're hiding from your spouse and you think it's something she's going to be mad about, yes, it's cheating if she finds out you know infidelity um i feel like though you're kind of jumping the gun here mike if you found out that your wife you know you guys have been together for 15 years and the last couple years she's into it she she's tying your hands up um but higher level, level flogging or whipping i feel like um you could also talk to her about it you could try to give her time to warm up and be patient our partners are not always going to be what we are into but maybe she needs a little bit more information about it needs to experience it you know a lot of times we're just fearful of things we're like oh that would really hurt so I would recommend when I first read this you're like would having a BDSM session I thought you were going to say like with a dominatrix who could you know who could help us out and maybe she could like learn from a professional and they could kind of test it because it's not just about like I think that when people we have very limited um Views, especially someone who knows as much about BDSM, like there might be other ways to play with it. Like just because she's done to the flogging or whipping part, you guys might be surprised if you visit Dominatrix or did some research on your own that you don't need to cheat, you don't need to go outside of marriage, but there is like a workaround so you guys could find, you know, perhaps a way that you could still get aroused, she could get aroused. And I'd love to know more about her fantasies as well. Two way street here. So, I feel like the fact that she came on to everything else in a few years after 15 years is a good sign. So be patient and do some exploring with her. I know this thing you really want now, Mike. He's like, you know, I want the whipping and I want, but just be patient, ask the questions, explore. And again, you guys, I think this is for everybody. We all need to do a lot more research. This is what this whole show is about is how do we actually explore? I think our view of what sex is is so limited and what was on the table. We don't even know what's on the table. We know like doggy style and we know missionary and we know like spanking with this BDSM, but Again, together, you know, a lot of times our partners say no to things or they're shut down for things because it just sounds awful or painful, which it can be if you don't do it right. But maybe in your in your path to exploration, you might find, you know, something else that works for both of you. So please don't cheat. Thank you. Yeah, and a BDSM dominatrix or coach might be able to just give you like a talking consultation. Yeah, exactly. They could give you a talk. You could go visit a dungeon. I mean, you could find out. There's like so many. Where does he live in Texas? I'm sure it's everywhere. Yes. Yeah. He lives in the someone. United States somewhere. If you're in the United States of America and you could find someone <laughs> who's reputable, you can go to um, 
Fat Life. Fat Life. Which is a website where you could probably find someone um, to kind of help you guys out to see if she's into it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I went to a Dominatrix once with a guy. Did I ever tell you this? No, what? Bicep and things just pop up in my head. Oh my God. Yeah, Putting a pin really in hot. that. And <laughs> we're talking that. about that later. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Okay, this next last one. <laughs> no, seriously, we're going to. I, I need forgot. to I forgot. bring that. See, it's one of those things. I'm not going to gloss dude. over. No, I'm not going to gloss over it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to gloss over. I'm going to bring it up later. Okay? Perfect. All right, this last one comes to us from Walter, who's 29 in Texas. Hello, Emily. I recently met an amazing girl. We really hit it off and have been going out for about a month until this week. I asked her how she thought our relationship was going and if we should think about being exclusive with each other. Her response was, we haven't even been been intimate yet, and then says, I think we should just be friends. I'm devastated that she put me in the friend zone slash broke up, basically. She did stand me up on a date the day before we had this talk. How do I get her back, and how do I get out of the friend zone? I really need her in my life. My heart is broken. Mm, Walter, Walter, I hear you. It is tough. It is so tough when someone doesn't return the love that we are showing, that we are giving them, and the rejection. It is painful and I get it and I get that you want her back right now um, but I'm gonna tell you you don't you're not gonna get her back and she's let you know at least right now like who knows what could happen Walter but you definitely have to go about your your life right now of letting go um, it doesn't you know if she's she flat out told you that she is not interested uh, in anything more with you and I think that you you have to respect that and definitely if you're asking her to be exclusive, you guys hadn't been intimate yet. So maybe your enthusiasm for her was really intense. And perhaps, you know, I, my advice to you would be to get to know the next person you date and just to kind of maybe be a little bit more, I know this is tough when you're really into someone, but really get to explore and see how you feel with them. Go out with them a few times, wait till it gets even a little bit sexual to maybe talk about things about exclusivity. But at your age and where you guys are at, maybe, you know, it just, she wasn't returning the feelings. So here's the thing, Walter. I, I understand, like, and I, I hear I hear it in your voice here, and I hear the, the devastation, but I think this is going to be a great learning tool for you if you choose to accept it that way. That, you know, we learn from all of our relationships, you know, how long or how short they are. We can learn from them. And I think in the future, you know, you're going to realize that, like, you know, in relationships, obviously, you know, you want to look for the signs. Like, are they returning the same emotions? I think that before you get overly excited, and it's so easy to do when we meet someone we like, we start picturing us like spending the rest of our lives together. But I think that maybe you just kind of, you know, instead of asking to be exclusive, maybe you say like, well, so how are you feeling about this? Like, where do you see it going? Or what kind of relationship are you looking for? There's some questions that kind of can, can lead up to that rather than just asking for exclusivity right away. So I think, Walter, this is such a good time to learn. There's so many women out there. There's so many right matches for you. But learn from this. And um, and I would say to you that you're in the friend zone, but I would, I would beg you, Walter, if you take any of my advice, you guys aren't going to be friends right now. Because you can't be friends with her because you still have emotions for her and you want to be with her. So you're going to torture yourself for another three, six years if you're like friends. So I would say get yourself out of the friend zone, caught off ties with her, and continue to build your life, meeting people, women, friends, building your life in a really rich way. And then you're going to be able to find the next person. All right, Walter, thanks for your email. Thanks, everyone, for your emails. We read all of your emails, and we love hearing from you. So thanks, everyone. Um, Thank you for listening to the show, and let us know what you think. You can always email us any questions you have or comments. Thank you to my amazing team. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Ken, Kristen, Michelle, and Michael. 
So was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me on Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash sxm. That's sexwithemily.com slash sxm today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there.